I can see everything. All that is, all that was, all that ever could be. That's what I see, all the time. And doesn't it drive you mad? My head... Come here. ...is killing me. I think you need a doctor. And welcome to the Whovian Review. I'm Michael. I'm Shelby. I'm Colin. I'm Kelsey. And tonight we're going to <laughs> yeah, okay. laugh hysterically. No, Sorry. tonight we're going to cry our hearts out. We're going to have a full range of emotions in this episode that... for the parting of ways. <laughs> Definitely. So, Doctor Who, Series 1, Episode 13, the finale. Bum, bum, bum. And uh, we start off, of course, <laughs> right where we left the Doctor and Jack traveling in their space-time machine known as the TARDIS, hurtling to, toward a Dalek fleet that was about to destroy them with missiles. I like how this starts and opens up. I, I think right beforehand, you know, we get this massive, you know, interlude to the whole Dalek army, and the Daleks are still around, and Rose is smack dab in the middle of it, and all of a sudden the TARDIS materializes around her, taking out half a Dalek. It's like, well, one problem solved. <laughs> well, Jack actually takes out the Dalek. With yeah, his it, it took him the whole Dalek. He shot. Ah, okay, that, that's what I get for you know staring away. Or, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. We have those moments. Yeah, I love how he can like blow the Dalek's head off in that scene, and then they are ne- never able to shoot at Daleks again the rest of the show, except for the one robot. Well, it's because he like, used he used a special weapon that he created in the last. Episode. And then he said, "Now it's burned out." Yeah, it's oh. done. Yeah. And then definitely at the end, it looks like he had just like a regular standard like twenty fourth, twenty first century pistol. Okay. And I don't think that was going to do the trick, unfortunately. You could have at least thrown a gun at them. Like, you just kind of gave up. I mean, here, here's the part that, that irritates me, is that the doctor never mentioned to anyone at any point that they need to aim for the eye stalks. That would have helped, but I think the Daleks are now at a point where they've got this technology Yeah, but I mean, it would have been them. worth a shot to at least, you know... Be like, concentrate your fire with the ice dogs. Well, the, the well, Jack said that. He said, concentrate your fire. No, and then he said, aim for the ice dog. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah he, he said that. And then, But here's the thing is that we learned that the Dalek is now adaptable, so it can kind of move its force field around and protect its ice dog from time to time. Yeah. Although it did obviously affect it, one of the Daleks in this one. Yeah, yeah, but it didn't even kill it. It just knocked out its vision. Yeah, well, hey, can't aim very well. Now, I have to say I didn't understand, like using like human corpses to create Daleks bodies that was weird it was like they yeah it was so sort of genetic engineering thing but yeah I don't think they use a corpse why like why did that even but they didn't kill them they just transformed them into Daleks which killed the human part of them and then turned them and that's why they have the face that high tech genetic engineering it was just more or less how Daleks were created in the first place it sounds like out out of of relatively humanoid creatures yes and so, it, yeah, matter of fact, this has been done before in the classic era. They've actually taken 
uh, or they've talked about taking um, humans and. And I think even them. if we take our you know TARDIS in, into the future a little bit, we get references of you know them using organic matter and other you know bodies to sustain life to some degree. So. But that's the future. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> Well, Roderick finally got his comeuppance, I suppose. Did he? He just wanted to get paid. I'm well, he also... Man. Blame the man. He was also pretty vicious to everyone else in the previous episode, but yeah. He was, I mean, it was it kind of a dog-eat-dog yeah. dog situation. Yeah. I mean, what, what else do you do? Like, how? I was being a little facetious when I said he got his Well, don't forget the world that he comes from. He comes from a world where everybody's killing each other off anyway to advance yeah. themselves in a game so that they would live. So he's got to he's he's kind of got the right idea for the for where he's at, but it also kind of borders the whole evil side of things when he is like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm just grabbing Rose because I know she's stupid to move on to the next level. So that way, when he now goes and faces the Daleks, he's like, oh, they don't exist. I don't believe in you. I don't believe in the Daleks. Oh, but he, well, if we do go back to the last episode, though, I, I think he, you know. He, he helped Rose did. out before he knew anything about her and her lack lack of trivia knowledge or anything, right? Sort I mean, of. When you play the game, you win or you die. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, he explained things to Rose. I don't know that he actually helped her, other than just... He, well, he did help her up. She was, like, on the ground. Like, feasibly, she wouldn't have made it to the podium on time, and she might have just gotten eliminated before the game started. It sounds like there might be a risk. Of. Here, let me escort you to your death. At well, the hands of the android. No chance of death, you know. I mean, he was nice enough when he could be, but when he had to be, like, vicious, he was vicious to survive, I oh, don't think. Oh, come yeah. on. He was a jerk. <laughs> well, yeah, also that. <laughs> well, no, also how, would you, how would you behave, Michael? Would you say, well, Rose is probably worth I, I more have been, wildlife than me. I, I will vote myself off this island. I'm the weakest link. Goodbye. Yeah. I don't think that I would have, I don't think I would have participated in it. Um, I would have I would dead. have been the one running away and being killed off, yeah. Well, then you or, are the weakest or, link. <laughs> or, or I would be running off to see what I could do to do damage to the whole thing. Well, and thing. then you'd be dead, too. Maybe. But I'd give it a, a, the old college try. Because I wouldn't want to kill off my comrades. I'd want to kill off the, the, the I robot. I don't look at it as him killing off other people, though. He isn't, but he is, because he just subjects himself to the games. He doesn't try to do something but to stop it. But everyone else does, too. And if you feel like you can't have no chance of... Yeah, but if you have everybody go and attack at the same time, the android is so slow, I'm sure she would only get one at a time. By the time they get to her, or get to and the other people... And then what do they do? Like, hit pure metal and, like... Yeah, it sounds like fighting heart. a Dalek with bare hands to me. She killed three Daleks with, like... That yeah, she's so. a well, she, more than one actually down. no, she probably transported them back to the ship. Well, you know what was it was it's interesting. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, <laughs> you know what's kind of interesting about it is that they, she and the Daleks both have this sort of same issue where they have to like say a certain phrase before they can shoot. <laughs> no, <laughs> you are the weakest, weakest link. Goodbye. And then that that takes time. Maybe they could have gotten to her like uh, extension cord that <laughs> un- unplugs her. I mean, there's got to be something you could do. The doctor in that situation, if he was put into that situation, would have found a way. Probably a sonic screwdriver. Yeah, he's got kind of a messy fair. Oh, I'm oh, not oh, the doctor, oh, I and I, I feel like I'd probably play it similar to that guy. 
Yeah, I, mean, I like to think of myself as a nice guy, but well, I'm probably but, not going to sacrifice my own life on principle. For like, a stranger, and especially a stupid stranger. But I, I you're mean, also in a... It's not necessarily going to help another person. You're also in a fight or fight situation. And I know myself, in an in emergency like that, my brain go, kicks into overdrive, so I'm going to be thinking everything within seconds, and I'll act as fast as I possibly can. And it will look like slow motion to me, but it will obviously go fast. So I'm just thinking, if anybody's in a fight or flight situation, they're probably going to do something different than what they normally would do. Yeah, so you can't blame Roderick for whatever he was doing then. I'm not, I don't think I'm blaming him. I'm just saying he was kind of a jerk about it. (laughs) The way he said it, the way he went about it, I think was... Yeah, I mean, I think that his actions made sense, but he, yeah, he was kind of a jerk when he did and said the things. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's less jerky to be upfront and honest. Like, okay, this is my strategy. I'm trying to win. You know, we've gone through it. I mean, he was a pretty upfront about all of his thinking. I mean, it's I think tactical. probably more jerky to be, you know, keep it inside and like act like the whole friend until the end, even if you have sour intentions. That's a good. Point. But you know, it's 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 another one of these. Great character moments where, where I think uh, Doctor Who does some of its best. You know, the oh, philosophy yeah. behind these decisions uh, is what's really interesting. We could probably spend the whole episode talking about just this. Well, yeah, and then like kind of uh, rolling into the whole philosophy of, you know, right and wrong, we've got the whole thing with the Doctor building a, a weapon that could, you know, kill all the humans and all the Daleks. So again, faced with the same kill all the Time Lords, kill all the Daleks choice and chooses to not do it. Well, because at that point, he is the doctor. Well, haven't the yeah. dogs already destroyed, like, Australia and North America? No, that was the Daleks. That's what she yeah. just said. Oh, I think so. So, I mean, like, so how much many humans are even left? Like, I'm sure there were still some. I mean, I probably would have just billions. billions. <laughs> at that point, there's probably underground people and... <laughs> Well, the, the, the other thing I thought was interesting is that, like, he was very insistent upon, like, rescuing Rose and sending her home, but then was still debating blowing up the Earth where he had just sent her. Well, but to 200,000 years earlier, so she was long gone. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, Rose's yeah. life is feasibly secure. <laughs> also, I still, I don't understand the bad wolf thing because it's not like... Like Rose went and started a corporation called Bad Wolf, or no? It was it was because the thing was called Bad Wolf, so she sent back in time the message to herself so that she would go and create a corporation called Bad Wolf. No, right, Bad Wolf. No, no, no. no, More or less has godlike powers over space and time, and we we saw her just take letters uh, from the sky and manipulate them all around, and she was saying that she was sending them. Yes, she scattered them through time and space so that because when she saw the words again written when she was back straight on earth that she knew that she could get back and so she sent herself that message i i think because she was looking into the time vortex she had power over time so she was able to reverse things so that bad wolf was taken off of the corporation thing and then sent out amongst in a sort of sense it it seems as though it was a tardis rose hybrid that did these things so the tardis was sort of being active. Makes me wonder why they don't stare into the, you know, the time-space vortex a little bit more often. You mean like when they did that and the doctor died? (laughs) Just now? (laughs) The doctor didn't die. Well, yeah, but he did. He created a new face. Yeah, but you don't want to do that if you can help it, is the point. Well, (laughs) plus that actually is something that the Time Lords uh, 
do when they're children they go and they look into the untempered schism which is a rift in the time vortex they look directly into it and as part of their initiation into the time lord academy so they have to regenerate uh, to be in the academy no they don't actually do that i don't think they look in for long enough for that to occur it seems safe enough to you know take a glance here or there but when you have like the universe up for grabs and on scale like entire everything destruction you would think you might look at the time vortex just a little bit more often. You know, if you're waiting uh, one thirteenth yeah. of a time lord life or whatever against all of humanity or all of existence. Well, and also like don't, don't you try already, that out? Well, that, that also and he's kind already of goes, willing to die. Like he already was like, I'm definitely dying, so I'm going to send Rose away. So if you already know you're going to die, then like freaking look. Right? I'd like to bring up a point about the the TARDIS in that scenario. The TARDIS is known as a sentient being. So when the Doctor's hologram comes on board, I believe that the the TARDIS knows where Rose is when yeah. he actually looks at her. So she can manipulate – the TARDIS can manipulate the hologram. At the same time, I think also it makes sense the, – the explanation as to why Rose is able to channel the TARDIS is that the TARDIS is probably sentient enough to have at least some protections for Rose temporarily so that Rose can actually do what she's doing. All the more reason but specifically, a little bit more often. But I yeah. mean, specifically to say the doctor, because the TARDIS and the doctor have a very close relationship. They are. Well, also, it's, it's kind of, you have to force the TARDIS open to do it in the first place. Well, and the other thing, too, is that, you know... It just takes the right truck, you know? I, I, well, okay, so look, looking at any time lords other than the, the doctor, I mean, kind of the whole principal purpose is, is to not interfere with timelines at all. And the doctor pretty much flaunts that... So he reasonably could, but he clearly believes that it's a bad idea. Couldn't you just sacrifice companion after companion to look into the vortex, too? Like, let me unleash my next companion. <laughs> well, again, it may not work that way. It may be that, I mean... It may only be, a, like, an if the TARDIS decides to cooperate in that scenario, and probably it wouldn't like the Doctor anymore if he did things like that. Well, so does the TARDIS... Can the TARDIS, like, change owners... Or refuse to work for the doctor, or like, what if the doctor actually dies? Dies, then like, does the TARDIS die? Or can no, no, take it's it not over? like intrinsically linked or anything. It's more like they've got a good relationship, and this particular TARDIS is like. Um, it's got, you know, obviously a faulty chameleon circuit, which is why it's stuck looking like a police box. And then it also has a faulty navigation system. So it, it, it was, uh, yeah, he stole it from a repair shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but it does seem like... So like, so like, oh, sorry. holding back a little bit. Yeah, so like really, like other people could, but I think that only the doctor knows how to kind of fly it because... <laughs> well, River knows how to fly it. Well, spoilers... Yeah. Oh, yeah, true. Sorry. <laughs> it's so easy to do that. Well, Rose basically flew it, right? Well, sort of, but the TARDIS I kind of flew itself through Rose. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Well, because she knew where she was before, so the TARDIS was able to take her yeah, no, the, the, the TARDIS exists across all of time and space, so all that stuff that Rose was saying about, oh, I can see everything that was and is and never could be, that's like how the TARDIS perceives time. And so, like, it can decide to do things like that because it is a sentient being. Why doesn't it help out more often than that lazy brat? Well, in a way, it does. 
I know you think if you have all stretches of you know good bad all possibilities everything and everywhere, if you know one instance might not look too different. You know something bad right really now might be connected to good in the future. I, I think it can be hard when you have a, a grand universal perspective to really you know place value on very specific things. But tell you what, let's table the rest of the TARDIS discussion because I think that there's a particular episode that you need to see before we can have a more full conversation about it. Is yeah. it like a future episode? Yes. Yeah. Table. It's the one I keep begging for you to see. <laughs> what episode is it? Just for our, our listeners. Oh, it's called The Doctor's Wife. It's in season six. Okay. Matt Smith's story. any rate, back to Parting of Ways. I, I love the fact that, um, that Rose brings Jack back. Yeah. I mean, come on. And they ditch him. <laughs> They do ditch him, but oh, really? I mean, well, I know, but I mean, the, <laughs> how, how he is, was third wheel in a bit? I mean, a bit, but he also. No, was, I, I I enjoyed him his time in the TARDIS. Yeah. I would I'd like him to stay. And he basically oh, expresses love to both of them, and then they freaking ditch him. Why couldn't they, she have gotten back just before Linda with a Y went down? Oh, and what, like... That was such a tragic It was, but it was, like, super eerie seeing the Daleks say exterminate without actually hearing it because he's space. Oh, is that what they were saying? Well, of course. I thought I was like, I love you. I am sorry. I have to do this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, who knows? Maybe it was some real weird kind of Dalek that was uh, given emotion or something. At any rate, but no, yeah, it's... Blasphemous. I think that was definitely a very well-done death scene. Yeah. It, it, it Your heartstrings go out to Linda. And she could have easily been a companion. Oh, yeah, she had all the characteristics. In fact, I mean, she even stayed when she could have left and gone to safety. There's a lot of parting of ways here, and potential parting of ways. We, we, we left Linda behind, Linda with a Y. We thought we were leaving the doctor behind, and Rose was going going on um, on her own and it turns out you know it was the doctor leaving in the end of it at least the ninth incarnation and introducing yep. us to the tenth which was another big epic moment the first regeneration of the reboot and they explained it so that all the new viewers could kind of maybe understand a little bit of what was going on so go back and rewind just a second. I don't know if everybody considers this a reboot as much as a continuation of sorts. You're right. That that was sloppy language. No, 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 no. Part. Not if I sloppy. If take the language back through time and space and change it, I would. <laughs> but here's the thing is that a lot of other Doctor Who fans actually refer to it as a reboot. But there's actually – I actually saw today on one of the Facebook pages – uh, Doctor Who fan sites that they were all discussing whether it was a reboot or whether it was a uh, continuation. Can it be can, both? Yeah, can, can, can reboot be degree, continuations? To a degree, because you've got a whole new cast, you've got a whole new uh, Producers, crew. Producers, executives, you've got all new writers, although some of the directors end up being the same. But, I mean, it, the idea is that it still is, it, it is both. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, like it's the new Star Wars a reboot? or No, that is definitely not a reboot. That would be... It's a reboot in the sense of the cast, but it's not in terms of the storyline. Okay. To, for the most part. What qualifies as a reboot? Starting from scratch? Reboot typically refers to a movie or television series that takes a premise or a previous show and Trek. changes it completely so that it has a whole new timeline and all new characters or all new 
um, or all new people in those yeah, roles. Or Ghostbusters. It. I mean, even I think throughout all of Star Wars, you have some continuing influences from like some writers or some producers. Like exactly. Okay, let, let, let's, let's call it uh, the first regeneration since the resurgence. Okay, <laughs> that works. I mean, obviously we had a gap in time between seven and eight and then eight and nine. So obviously the eighth Doctor movie was supposed to be kind of a, a reboot of sorts, even though it had the seventh Doctor as a continuation. But it was terrible. Um, it didn't work too well. <laughs> it, but- All right, so anyways, so with this episode... <laughs> We've got um, a lot that did go down, and we do have Rose completely destroying all of the Daleks by just splitting apart their atoms. And the Doctor didn't really address his, like, consistent hatred of genocide and lash out at her for that, which I thought was kind of different for him. I think well, he, he has a blind spot when it comes too. to genocide of Daleks. Yeah, and he was contemplated doing it. Like, he spent the entire episode building a weapon that he didn't even use. He did also say, no, Rose, you can't do that. And then after she did it, she, he's like, okay, Rose, stop. You, you've done what you set out to do. Come on, we can't keep doing this. This isn't okay. So, I mean, I he think... He's fine, though. Well, <laughs> he did hate... that. He does hate Dallas. Well, you know, it also was interesting that the Doctor held the time vortex for, like, a hot second, and Rose held it for a solid several minutes, and he died, and she was okay. Does yeah. anyone else think that was weird? Yeah. She's bad wolf. She do what she wants. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, I think that with the TARDIS going through her, it may also be that she kind of reverses time, or or, or brings time. It, she manipulates time so that it that's how she destroys things. I don't. I don't know. It seems, that, seems to me she could do more or less anything she wanted to. No. Here, here's another interesting point about this, though. And uh, the Doctor just kind of left, just like he did in the Long Game. The last time he left Satellite 5, that let the Daleks kind of continue their whole thing that they have going on. And he did the exact same thing. And when Barcelona's calling, you gotta go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe his regeneration kind of scrambled his brains a bit so they didn't even realize that he left it behind. But also, I guess in his mind's eye, the Daleks were already defeated, so there really wasn't much else he could do. Well, yeah, but I mean, the whole concept of, you know, leaving people with... Nothing to, no information and nothing to work off of, and then the whole world, you know, falling apart as a result. He just did it again. He could be back <laughs> in a second to pick up Jack after he, you know, hangs out in Barcelona for six months vacation. Mm-hmm. Or he could have another incarnation swoop in and then help out in some way. You never know. Maybe one of his previous incarnations actually did that. The possibilities are as endless as time and space itself. <laughs> oh my. All right, Colin. All right. My time to shine. My moment in the sun. Looking into it, looking into the moon and the stars and all that ever was and all that ever will be. But I'll try and focus it just on this episode (laughs) and a specific critique. Um, This was a a winner for me. It's a great way to go out with a bang in the season finale. A great send-off for our good friend Christopher Eccleston. And um, it really had it all. It had an epic story moment. It had a continuation from last episode and really continuation from the whole season and seasons past where you have all these bad wolf instances that finally get linked together in a neat bow. You have super god Billy Piper coming to the rescue uh, to destroy an army of Daleks, which is, you know, it seems more or less futile uh, to really fight against them, at least without 
uh, destroying all of humanity. But the day is won, everything is good, even Jack gets risen from the dead uh, back to life. This was a glorious episode, I thought. Um, nice range of emotion, a nice epic uh, part of things, and it really tied just a lot of pieces together. It's a great episode for me. Um, I'm not going full, full, full up to a 10, but I'm going to go for a 9.5. Wow. All right, Kels. Um, I definitely like this episode a lot better than the first part of this story, but I have to say I, I still found it, like, at times a little hokey and a little, like, forced plot, like, didn't quite, ex they tried to force a lot of things in there and didn't completely explain a lot of things, and maybe it's because I'm, like, just an average viewer <laughs> and I don't understand all the nuances and stuff, but, I, and I, so it's only the first time I've seen it, and I know you guys have seen it multiple times, so maybe there's more you pick up on the second time, but I felt, found it a little bit, like, some of the concepts a little hard to follow or a little bit, like, why are they even in there, like, the whole Daleks using humans to whatever, I was like, what, what's the point of that? Like, we don't really need that in here. We could have just tried to develop other things happening a little bit, like the bad wolf thing a little bit more. It, it might have been to explain why they were interacting with humans at all. Yeah, I mean, it just, I don't know, I felt like that was kind of a pointless plot point that they threw in there. But overall, like, I enjoyed the episode. I thought it was entertaining. Um, I thought the music was a little overdramatic, in a lot of ways, which made me laugh sometimes at, like, serious moments. Um, but overall, like, I had a good time watching it, and it's been a fun discussion and stuff, so I guess I would give it, like, a 7.5. Okay. All right, well, um, before I launch into my rating, I just wanted to mention something that we forgot to mention up to this point, which is that we've got the Daleks having found religion, where they decide that the one is, you know, the god of the, the Daleks. Blasphemy! <laughs> yeah, yes. I know. So it's uh, it's kind of an interesting change, but, you know, we, we have yet another faction of Daleks with their own set of beliefs coming out. Um, well, also, I, I really think we should have mentioned the fact that Jack stays in full character when he says goodbye to both Rose and the Doctor, where he kisses both of them. And I'm sure the doctor was like, okay, wasn't expecting that. <laughs> but, I mean, it it was his character, so... I was expecting it. <laughs> so it was kind of... It, 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 was, it was a cool scene when he knew that he was going to probably his death. Yeah. Shelby, what is your rating? And what is your justification for said rating? Thanks, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I really liked this episode a lot. I thought that it was... Really, you know, interesting the whole time. They're, you know, the Daleks, they always throw in lines that, that crack me up. And so there was definitely some of that. And then, you know, they were in their full fearsome glory. And I just thought, you know, all the acting was good. I thought the writing was good. There was a ton going on in here. And as Kelsey mentioned, maybe it's just on one viewing, you miss a lot of it. But having seen it multiple times and picked Picking up on all of it, there is really a lot of great content in this one. Um, I am going to give this a 10. Wow. Michael? Music? Amazing. Murray Gold? Wow. 
I sorry, I do have to. I, I actually liked the music in this one. I'm sorry, yeah. I, I really love the epicness of it's like it. Like a Hallmark Channel the, original. You love Hallmark Channel original. I know, but it was like very <laughs> cheesy. I thought. Oh, the truth comes out. At any rate, um, acting superb on all fronts. Even Patterson Joseph, who plays Roderick, wow, he did an amazing job. Hit, when he was scared, you knew he was scared. Why do you say even him? Like, we expected him to be bad at it. I, that was he my, did a good job last episode, too. That was my throw-in to make sure we knew who he was. Um, but I just... All of the all of the major cast members, really good. Um, the, the couple that was there, too, that, that were the two that wanted to date after this, of course, they never got to. That was kind of a, a cute little nod. Um, the Daleks, amazing. This is the first time in Doctor Who's history that we see an army of Daleks so big that we're like, oh my goodness. It's like, oh, how in the world are we going to get out of this scenario? Um, I think the epicness of it works out quite well. Um, sometimes a lot of people say, well, maybe it was a little too big for its britches, but I don't think so. I think this is a great way to wrap up the season. It's getting a 10. And that's my final say. All right. Well, you can email us at thehoovianreview at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and YouTube. Thank you for joining us on this epic tale. And, you know, tune in next time for there will be more to discuss. And also, that wraps up Christopher Eccleston. Uh, hopefully we uh, get to revisit him at some point. I have heard he may be at AwesomeCon this year at D.C. He is. And we probably will be, too, again. I'm hoping. At any rate, until then, and if that really happens, see you next time. Bye. 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 Adios.